All right, welcome to El Show. You guys like that name? Yeah, El Show. I like it. I like it's it. It's a little, yeah. We wanted to go with a little bilingual, a little fun. I like it. I, I like think it. we're going to go La. La. Can't complain with that. La Store, like <laughs> La Tienda, but La Store. <laughs> Downstairs will be a, yeah, so it's cool. I mean, man, Fuego's coming back. Mm -hmm. You guys have had a ton of experience with, with Valley Soccer. And uh, man, we're with the the Velarde brothers, yeah. right? Right. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys for coming on. Of course. So Anthony, you are now a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. You're playing for Pittsburgh. I mean, it's taken a lot to get there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you have a deep connection with Fresno Soccer, mm -hmm. with with Fuego, and with FC and FPU, yeah. Eric FPU as well. Talk about a little bit about you know your time with the Fuego. I know before this we were talking a little bit about mm -hmm. how how you were really fighting to get on the on the first team, yeah. you know, and, and it and it wasn't happening. You know, talk about that experience. What was your experience with Fuego like? It's crazy. I think I, I know exactly where it started. I mean, I was I went out my 2016. I had Renato was playing there, Alvaro Nogales was playing there, so I knew them, and I had a couple other players that were there. But I just showed up. I don't know. They, they, I was told that you can go and practice if you wanted to. Capi uh, is the one that told me to go out, so I went out and... Um, Turned out I wasn't, I wasn't welcome, so I just <laughs> was there as a practice player. Sacrifice, I mean, I drove there weekly, though. Right. I kept going. From like Ridley? I, yeah, I Ridley? kept going. I mean, it was at Clovis East, so it wasn't that bad of a drive. Right. It was not like driving to Buchanan or something. It was mm. like Clovis You used to get on the high, you get on the, like, the outside, Academy. outside street. Yep, Academy, and you take it all the way down. And then, um, so, I, but I was going there like two times, three times a week. Wow. But I wasn't training. Mm -hmm. I would you train weren't half training. and half. You're like, just like watching. More than twice out a week, but I wasn't. I was watching. I would go when I when they needed me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they needed me, and I still didn't go in just because the coach didn't want me to be there around at all. So started there, but it's it's those times, those those humbling times where I think that's where you it really you really cherish when you finally make it. I guess in a what way. What motivated you to even though you didn't feel like you were getting the opportunity to kind of keep going? <sighs> I couldn't tell you. It's I don't know if it's just to prove them wrong, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, I know everybody has their own thing and the reasons why they do it. And for me, it's just because I was told I couldn't do it. It was not good enough. And uh, for me, it was just, I just, I wanted to be, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be known as I'm, I'm the best. I wanted to be that player. And I, I, I just had that in my brain. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to prove them wrong, pretty much. Not just him, but everybody. that Because, mm -hmm. I, I mean, at that point, I was just a little player that from a small guy, town. Small that I town. No one really knowing you about. I mean, but you look the at the number ten that was ahead of you, right? It was was it Chiva at the time, which was another <sighs> number ten from a small town who That's had true. a ton of success. That's true. That's right? true. I I don't think Chiva was there in 2016, so I didn't see okay. him. But I I knew of Chiva mm -hmm. when he went to uh, what's called play for COS and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and how he went. So I I knew of him, and I already I always knew he was a baller. I knew he was a big time player, and so you looked at that. You look you look at those players and and uh, you just look up to them. Mm -hmm. You want to be those there in the middle those there as well. I some a player that I I, I always speak highly of. He's mm -hmm. a great guy. Taught me a lot, and um, and then from there I went into my freshman year, or I think it was my sophomore year, no? Went to my sophomore year, and it was just more of a, that, one, that I think that was my biggest learning year, my sophomore year. That's when I transitioned into the midfielder. I played winger. Like I said, I, was telling, I played outside mid, like I was telling you before, for what, since I was 14? Maybe even before then, before I was even my whole youth, I played through. I started playing with like Odyssey at 14 years old, or 13, winger the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then Jaime just, boom, moves me to the midfield. And um, what did from from your perspective as a coach, Eric, and obviously his brother, when he made that transition, I mean, that's got to be kind of a life changing thing for a player. I mean, people may think it's all soccer. Right. But coming from a coaching perspective, did you, you know, help him through that process? And like, how do you see players when you when you feel like they need to transition to a new position and how do you kind of coach them into that new role? So the thing that I look at and with you know we played together you know since we since I could we could all remember right it's it's the, our entire lives and something that I I even mentioned to my players this week was I don't teach you to play number 10 6 8 whatever numbers people love using I teach you to play the game mm. and if you understand the game well if you know how to play if you understand the role of a winger if you understand the role of the forward the center back you can play anywhere and you know, because we played so, so much growing up, I mean, it's the amount of hours spent playing in the apartments that we grew up, 
you know, to playing in the park, to playing in, you know, four games a day when we played in, I still remember, is in, in Norwalk, playing, we, my parents would take us to this park. All those experiences matter. Mm-hmm. And the amount of time you spend doing that matters. So if you, if you understand the game, they'll put you in the midfield. They'll put you all wide. But if, if you're a good player, you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. It'll take time for anybody, as long as you don't ask people to play random roles. Right, but, right. But if they know how to play, they know how to play, and they can figure it out. And so, that, so that was, you know, he, he, they moved them into the midfield. And they, I remember they moved, our high school coach moved them into the midfield his freshman year. into center mid. I remember, and then he told me, that. and I was like, you're crazy. And then I was bad, like, bad. I, yeah. you know, we were younger, and then they so moved So it was really your in. first experience in a, yeah. in a new role? Was that? Yeah. yeah, well, well, I mean... For a little bit. He still played out wide. He I played yeah, one yeah. game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Didn't do well at all. Yeah. Went back to striker. <laughs> my high, it was high school. It was my high school. That's the first time I remember playing uh, any kind of midfield position. Mm-hmm. I was always either a striker in high school or outside a winger. Right. And then I mean, asked me if I wanted to play defensive mid. or I, I went to defensive mid because I would literally play. I still remember the game. We played against... I forgot who. Was it Monterey Bay? It was, it was during spring. We played, yeah, uh, you played, played right next to him. Yeah. I didn't do too bad. I mean, I still was confused as hell. What I was asking questions. What am I? Where am I supposed to be? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. What are your and responsibilities? I, I mean, obviously, I had someone of IQ of soccer that I just I knew how to move a little bit like that. I was mm-hmm. I was I was knew how to be in a good space for the ball. Like yeah. I was knew how to. And fight. being an attacking player, you probably knew where they wanted to get to, so it probably helped you kind of understand, you know, where we yeah. being hit from. Mm-hmm. So like the stuff like that, like you just pick those things up. You go from what you learn and what these positions and you just, and you, you try to mold yourself as best you can. I never thought I was going to be this player. I never thought I was going to get to this level I'm at. Like I had no idea. I just right. wanted to be. I, I knew what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Didn't know I was going to do it, you right. know? But I mean, obviously I always watched them play and I went from there going to defensive mid to playing the rest of the spring season there and then going into uh, my sophomore year. Played my sophomore year, played midfielder again. But I was, it was more like an eight. Mm-hmm. So like more of a, like I would attack, but I also would defend as well. Mm. And I had, that's what I had Renato in front of me. Mm-hmm. He was my, he was our, he was our 10 at the time from, and, um, and I was off and on. I was, I was splitting some minutes with uh, Eli Gallegos. I mean, you, that, you, mm-hmm. you played with him too, huh? Split some time with him. I learned a lot there as well. And then I got going into my, uh, that's when I said I had two goals and seven assists those first two years. Mm-hmm. Going into my junior year, I started feeling the discomfort in my going. That now we're going into the Fresno yep. 2017 with Sean Lanigan and mm-hmm. Brian Swaska was there. Right. Finally got in. I didn't know I was good enough to go. I just wanted to try out, and they mm-hmm. liked me. The guy, they they liked me, and I. That's when I started, and unlucky from. And then that's when I played. Uh, I got hurt there. My spring season of junior year, I got hurt. I, got, I started feeling the discomfort, and it was just bad timing. I got into the team, and then I didn't. I think I played the last three games, forced mm. myself to play. No. Uh, summer, so summer of fuego. Summer of fuego. So yeah. I was able to finish my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. It was going into my uh, fall of junior year mm. that I started getting. And that was 2017, right? 2017. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember you there. It was like uh, they're like the guy with the stripe tattoo on his arm. <laughs> that guy, he's in. He's good. I'm like, okay, great. We're in good shape. Yeah. I mean, I remember Jeremy still left. After my first game, we played against SAC. Honestly, was that my first year as in the Fuego was unbelievable. I had the most, the un, most unbelievable experiences because I didn't know I was going to do that well. Mm. Like, I didn't know I was ready for that level. I really didn't. Mm. I just... And there were some players on that team. There were some decent some really some good players. players. We had good players, and I yeah. just... I was like, I was like, damn. That's when I started realizing, okay, I'm a little better than what I think. Because mm-hmm. my confidence went down the hill when I went to my first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my confidence was not there anymore. I didn't even think I was. Yeah, or, after or my first year, yeah. after I got smacked in the head, I didn't think I was a player anymore. I thought I was, oh, right. okay, I got to just work now. Did did playing with, you know, such a talented team with the Fuego change how you viewed the game when you went back to FPU for your junior and oh, senior yeah. season? Oh, yeah. I mean, playing with players that they uh, they think a little more, and um, they, they're a little smarter, they play quicker. Mm-hmm. They're just a lot faster paced, so I had to get used to that, and I was I wasn't adjusted to that. And but I mean, obviously, the, if you if you will, are willing to work, you will get adjusted to a level. That's that's a for sure thing. And I just had to go and put myself on the fire, mm-hmm. put myself on the fire, get pre- do things that I'm uncomfortable with, and I just slowly but surely, just like I was so bad in front of the goal, and then I just forced myself. I knew it was bad. I knew I was. I, was, I literally almost put myself every time I was in final <laughs> in the six. I would close my eyes and shoot. Yeah. I swear that's what I did because I was so afraid at one point. I don't even know how I got to there, but I was. 
And then from there, I think I had I decided I talked to Jaime. I was uh, I was going into my preseason of junior year. I was like, nah, this is, I talked to Jaime. I went to my doctor. I was like, yeah, I don't feel good. I don't I don't feel like I could I could play. He's like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, if that's your decision, and you respected my decision, went to go get my surgery. Told me a three months a three months uh, process of recovery. And uh, honestly, I I think that I think that. That's three, those three months, for some reason, it just, my whole mentality, my whole, like, I just started, I was watching more than playing like at you that needed, point. you needed time away from the game to really get some perspective? Yeah, I, I think I, just, I needed to not play and just watch. Mm -hmm. I'm at a big time, man, a lot of people, they'll tell you, I don't watch a lot of soccer, like, a lot of, like, teams on, 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 on TV, like Barcelona, Manchester United, I, I'm just not a big, big soccer guy, but I love studying the game. Mm -hmm. I've learned that I love studying, I just don't like watching it all the time. Right, as a fan. As, yeah, like, Do you, you watch know, film? I do watch film. Watch I've started film. watching film. I even watch film with my, well, even my, even my pro, when I'm playing professional, I'm still, he, I, there's moments You watch where high he, school film and stuff like I that. I watch some film with, oh, he watches my film and he critiques on mm -hmm. what stuff I, I could work on. And we did that over, over this past season. And mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think it's probably one of the best things that I've started doing that it's helped me a lot. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, when you guys are going over film, I mean, what are you guys looking at and what critiques are you giving of him at, at the pro level now? Well, yeah. Uh, because I understand now that this is going to be his third year in Pittsburgh. Like, it's a different style of game. And so watching him the first year, you know, we're used to a different type of game on this. You know, Hispanic culture is free-flowing, go for it, you know. You know, the attacking players have freedom. And over there, it's it's different. It's, it's structured. You have freedom, but it's like it's work. And so, you know, like, we played this all our lives, so we know and I, we have an idea of, okay, I had to learn. I had to learn what that his coaches want, so I could tell him the right stuff, mm -hmm. and not tell him something completely opposite of what the coach was wanting. Right. And so watching enough games of his games and rewatching them after the game was going, so that you could give him an idea. Okay, you know, if he wants you to do this, all right. Well, you know, when we came back, we started. Oh, you know, you always play this, and then you make this run every single time. He, I, I noticed it whether you know it or not. So just check your shoulder, or position your body better, mm -hmm. because these guys are. Coming a thousand and miles an hour so and you're stuff being like able to see some of his tendencies that maybe other coaches and players are able to pick up on. And so details. it's like, yeah, yeah so it's Very like, hey, every time details. the ball's here, you're doing this exact same thing. They're going to be able to defend you better. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of dive into that a little bit more, right? Yeah. No, I, I think I think the main thing is when it once you start going, obviously, when you get to the a higher level, when you obviously get to the pro level, it's all its details. It's like it's, I've learned that it's all detail, like your body positioning. Are you checking your shoulder? How good is your touch? Like, are, is your touch leading to where you're trying to go? Um, it's it's just the small things that separate everybody. Because at that point, everybody can control a ball. Everybody mm -hmm. can give a good pass. And everybody can do the stuff that needs to be done with the ball. Yeah, strength now, skill next, doesn't win anymore. Next is here. That's what I had to learn is I had to just get smarter. I had to understand the game. I had to really, really dive into the details of who, I, what kind of player I am and what's going to really put make me a, a, a difference maker on the field mm -hmm. and for me i i learned that it was details and that's why i, I started pushing and they started telling me if you see anything that anything wrong always tell me if i don't turn my body in one play bring it up if mm -hmm. i don't do this bring it up if i don't do this always tell me because i felt like i wasn't being told that stuff my first year i was learning how to defend i was learning how to be a, an animal to defend now mm -hmm. i now it's become a norm mm -hmm. something is just in my brain now but back then i was all an attacker i right. mean i went from well, my junior year, senior were just I just attacked most of the time. Mm -hmm. I defend, I defended when I had to defend, but I wasn't defending like I'm defending now. Yeah, and at FPU, you guys played a four, like a four-three-three, basically. Four-three-three. Right? I always played a four-four-three-three. So then, going back to even my my junior, year, I had like we were talking about the the surgeries and stuff like that. I had to, I had I had to mentally get stronger because I knew I had to just mentally get smarter. I knew I was going through a, a little. I went through like some sort of yeah, depression, some sort like that, because depressed. I wasn't. I've, I mean, my whole life I've played, played all the yeah. time, and then to this is the first time one of my biggest injuries. I've never had an injury like this. Did you ever figure out what caused your injury or why it was happening? Was it the way you were running, your gait? The doctor said I, had, I already had a big. Uh, a, the, what's the the femur? Like a bone, bone spur. Or something? Yeah, so he said it was it was too big for my socket, mm. and then that I was already tight as it mm -hmm. is. So mm -hmm. what happened is I have my labrum here. Right, that protective little yep. labrum that you have here. So when it, that does happen, it protects it, so there's no pain. Right. But for me, is that I just it kept doing it. it, and it just kept. I literally destroyed my whole ligament. Mm -hmm. They had to remove my whole ligament. I don't have a labrum on my left, 
wow. my left uh, leg. So what did they do? They replace it? Or no, how? I just removed it, shaved my bone down, and boom, closed and it now up. You're good. And I, I mean, have you changed your training strategy or like what you do to kind of know that that's something that's there now, or is honestly, it just regular now? Honestly, my doctor said that you might come back different. Like you might. Honestly, that scared me. I literally uh -huh. scared the life yeah. out of me because I mean, how did you come back differently? I didn't. You didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Honestly, I, I felt like I got better. I swear <laughs> to God. I, that's, yeah, well, I, I mean, I when you're not everybody. playing with pain, right? I, I tell everybody. No, well, the thing is, that, that year, I just, I don't know what happened. I, I just watched soccer for three months straight. I would go to their training, the FP, because I was registered, so I would just go watch. Mm -hmm. I had my book. I would be reading the soccer book. I'd go watch, and I just, I just think. I think that, I think I did a lot of reflecting that year, that, those three months. Mm -hmm. And I don't really do a lot of reflecting. You can ask my brother. I really <laughs> that. But I did, I reflected, and it just, something clicked in my brain. Something clicked. Yeah. Came back my junior year. I played. That, I came back that spring. Played in that spring. Uh, then went into my my actual redshirt junior year, thinking, "Let's see how it goes." I mean, I, I felt like I was better. Yeah. I well, like I mean, I you healthy. made the transition from a winger yep. into a midfielder, and all of a sudden, you have back-to-back -back seasons with double-digit assists. You break the record in the Pac West. You have the all, I mean, at that time, I don't know if it's been broken since, but the all time leading assist for the Pac West, mm -hmm. consensus All American. Yeah. I mean, all that happens post surgery, post changing mm -hmm. position. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty impressive. Post two surgeries, actually. Well, my first year was when I did the, the 10 goals, 13 assists, I think I got my junior year. Literally right after then, boom, I start, my, at the end of the season, like my last game, I started feeling something very similar, and I'm like, oh, shit. Mm hmm. I right just, side. I just, my last two, three games, I was like, I know I'm gonna get surgery, so I just went through. I completely just destroyed it again. <laughs> I already knew I was gonna get surgery, so I and I ended up doing well. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I did a lot better than what I was expecting. I mean, mm -hmm. I, going in, I scored, I scored one goal, seven assists, my sophomore year, to then just scoring ten goals and thirteen assists. And but to people that they think it's like it's a flash, like oh nothing happened, I just started getting good. But no, they don't realize literally all the work that I had to do from, from when I was. To that point, to when I started playing soccer, when I was 10 years old, 10, 9 years old, literally compounding. Yeah. I, I believe, I think it all compounded eventually. Yeah, it just builds on top to of now. each other. Mm -hmm. And from there, I just, it's a whole, it was just, the game became easier. I just saw it in a different way, saw it in a more mature way. And that's when I had to do my surgery. Boom. It's like, dang. I, I took it a lot better. Boom. I got the surgery, came back. Because I already knew what was going on. So I did my recovery so much faster than my first really? one. Because I was scared of my, my left one. I was, yeah, I was you didn't want to come slow. back too fast. My right, my right one, I, the, the the trainer I had, I just saw him. I'm a, we're going to start from three weeks already. We're not mm -hmm. going to do these first, right? We're so starting. three weeks after surgery, you were already... Three rehabbing. weeks, I was already moving. I was walking. I didn't even I didn't use no crutches. I was like, I, this injury is not as bad as, as it seems. So I just I started going. And I at first, I was kind of... I started feeling some things. I was like, okay, I got to tone it down a bit. Right. Once it flared up, I was like, okay, I got to chill. But I just kept going like that. I kept pushing, kept pushing. Once it flared up, okay, I got to chill for a couple of days. Boom, go again. Right. Honestly, I came back my sophomore year of, uh, of my junior year. Came back and played. Honestly, it felt like nothing happened. I felt obviously a little, little, little Pinch stuff. Every yeah, once in a while. here and there, and then, boom, senior year comes. And so, I already we had a good. I mean, we had a pretty decent squad. We had Bruno Brumati. Uh, you probably, heard, you probably mm -hmm. know Bruno. Yep. Um, we had Felipe. Uh, we had a Felipe. Oh, I actually didn't play. That with was Felipe, his ACL year. So that was my ACL year. So I didn't. We would have even had a better team. All right. Yeah. And um, we had um, Eric Sanchez. He played for Fuego as well. A couple years. Uh, I think one or two years. We had Joao. Mm -hmm. Palacio, obviously a bit. I, I I love him as a player. He's a big time player too. And we had we had a couple other guys that can play. We had a couple other guys. We had one of them, Jose Vargas from Really as well. Um, I I thought he he, he played it at high school with us. We had a decent squad. So I had a feeling we were gonna do pretty well. And I mean it just it started off just boom, scoring six goals on the team. Boom, yep. boom, just goals started coming in assists. And we were just I, I was I was having the best time of my life at that point. Obviously. But the thing is, everybody sees all that. Everybody, but the thing is, no one sees literally all the blood, sweat, and tears that you've done for ten plus years. Right. Right. It's not a year thing. No, and not, and not only year. that, you were playing for the Fuego in the off season, yeah. or that year was was Fresno FC under twenty threes, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So talk about that experience of in in the transition from being on the team in seventeen with the Fuego, mm -hmm. playing at the tail end of the the season, right? Uh, and that was under. Was that that was under Brian? That was under, that was under Brian's watch. Twenty three, no. Oh yeah, Fuego, yeah, Fuego, was, yeah, yeah, Brian, yeah. and then switching over and and playing for Donnery mm -hmm, in that Donnery. year of. I mean, talk about the kind of differences there. I mean, I remember a lot of conversation happening about you know the team just felt a lot different 
than when it went, you know, from Fuego to the under-23 team. Yeah, I mean, the whole, like, pretty much the whole, Fresno Fuego took all the, like, I would say the fan base, the, the culture it had. You know, there was, in my opinion, there was just no culture in the U23. I think uh, there was, obviously, the players there were, there were yeah, good players. Yeah, it was at players. a different place. It was in Fresno new, State. It's just a whole new different thing. Yeah, it was cool. We were playing PDL still, and it was, we, were, we had some decent players. We started mm -hmm. off well. And I still, at that point, I think I was not to where I ended up being my senior year. I still think I had, was still not that great in front of goal. Mm -hmm. I was still at some, my final passing wasn't the greatest. My, I had, obviously, I, I was better, mm -hmm. but I still was missing the things that would take me to the next level. And I think I worked on those, and I, that year, honestly, my, by the end of it, we did extremely bad. I think we were losing, you probably remember, we were losing like the last five games. We lost all of them. Yeah, I was in a really bad place at that, but I was like, "Yeah, I'm done. Let's move on." I think it was a good experience for the coach. Was good, Donnie. I I, I, I like the way he coached. We had, and then I think it was a it was a good experience being, I, I guess, some sort of a leader at that point. Mm -hmm. I think that's when I started like, okay, I could, I, I was a little older at that. I was right. a little older than most because now at this point it was a college, young college kids that are coming in. Yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a little I'm a I'm a little I guess you can say veteran in the PDL because I played there three four years at that point, and so. That's when I started realizing, okay, I know I need to work on some stuff and I know I need to. So I just really worked on it. And the rest of that time, I just try to really work on that craft. Just those detailed stuff that I need to, which is finishing, final passing, all that stuff. And I brought it all into my senior year. And I, all, everything that, everything from culminated just come, came together. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I was on top of the world. I mm -hmm. felt like I, no one could beat me at, at that point. And as, as, a, as a brother, as a brother who's played before, your younger brother played for Fresno Pacific, seeing, you know, his progress, um, what was it like being, you know, the older brother, the mentor, the coach, all of those things, you know, for, for a family member? Well, I'd done it all, all my life to a certain extent, you know, because we just, just the age and we're, you know, grew up together and everything that we did, we were always together, we're always together. Um, playing on the same teams and so watching him go from you know go from somebody whose first two years had had a very average average time you know we mm -hmm. knew he was i knew we anybody watched him knew he could play but really had a very average time of it to go you know and he said he wanted to score goals i've watched him try and score all our lives i was like dude you can't shoot man <laughs> you can't score and so i was like well okay. what was it I think it was a mental block. Was it? Yeah, it was a mental block because he he he. It was almost he wanted it so bad mm -hmm. that it just would never happen. Like yeah, it's, it, the ten, tension hits, right? Tension. Yeah, in in high school, I mean, he could have scored easily, um, almost fifty goals, but mm -hmm. he missed. I don't know how many. We'd be there like, oh my, <laughs> you missed again. Like he, launching it over he, the he, bar, he, or would it was he go watch? past three players, miss. Oh. Uh, Go yeah. past two players, miss. Oh, I was like, oh man. So it was. I, I think it was that mental block, and it was just that that attention to detail. Um, he might not remember Edgardo Contreras, who uh, um, I think has the all-time record mm -hmm. at FPU. FPU. Mm -hmm. He just told him, hey, just relax, man. When you get there, your momentum's carrying you this way. J just hit it there. Mm -hmm. Just hit it there. It's going there. Just put it on target. Worst thing that could happen is the goalkeeper saves it. But you're over here trying to rip the ball, and where's it going? It's going over there. You're gonna have to go shag over there. It's going over the fence over here. Just relax. It's momentum, right? You you can't be running this way and trying to hit a top corner shot that way. Just put it there. And I noticed it because it was he broke it down in such detail that finishing, just like anything else, can be worked on. Because so many times you hear that finishers are guys that are. Oh, he's a natural finisher. He's a natural finisher. I'm like, man, that, that's. Feel like you can might be able to work on that, but I was I didn't know how. I was not a finisher myself, and so when seeing him do that, and seeing him finally you know get the assist, and then the, adding the goals, and the recognition, and seeing that he had been working for since he was 19 to try and become a professional, and making a career since he was 19. After that injury, and seeing the difference between, you know, playing soccer for fun, and this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, and that leads into a lot of the discussion about being a professional athlete. And you made an interesting comment that I want to hear back on is like, you work with high school age kids. A lot of kids grow up and they dream of being a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. um, and 
you know, as a, as a coach and a mentor and a teacher, you want to try to help elevate them. You know, what are what are some things that you uh, you know, you teach them or you show them having a family member who is a professional athlete. Well, I think, I think a huge part was that he was there with me for, for a while coaching. And so they saw that they saw, they, they've still seen that two weeks ago we're practicing and he's there with their younger brother who's, who's in the middle of season and they're working. And I see the kids are, they're looking over the freshmen. They're like, who, who's that guy? These guys are working really hard. And I just see him. They're looking over cause these freshmen, they still don't know. Sophomores, they, they don't they don't really know me that well. They don't really know who he is. And then the other guy here, the other guy, oh, it's his brother Elder. You know, he's doing this, he's doing that. Oh, he's a, he's a professional. And so the biggest thing is the example. And yeah, they ask, you know, because I, I do have, you know, you'll, you'll have those one player every four years who's exceptional. And they'll ask, you know, they'll, they'll tell me they want to be pros. And... Or they ask, you know, what it takes to get there. And I, I mentioned that, right? This is, it's a career. They make it a career that it's it's something that I know I never did as a player. You know, the, the, the idea everyone says, work super hard, work hard. But what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. Right? What does that really mean? Is it is it working hard for 90 minutes? Is it working hard for practice? And then, you know, let's, hey, let's go to Carl's Jr. Let's have a burger. Hey, uh, le, le, let's... Let's go, you know, for guys, people that live in our town, hey, let's go to 7-Eleven at 2 in the morning. Because that's, like, apparently that's a thing, hmm. right? Uh-huh. And, and, and stuff like that, that it's like, you know, the, the smallest of details, everything adds up. Everything adds up. The years of work, the the playing with family, you know, playing four games in a day in, in Norwalk at Excelsior High School, you know, playing in this field and my Can parents running it? around, playing that field and, you know, playing two games of Sunday League over here and then over there, and then you got your club game over here. It's like all these experiences that add up everything because it all culminates. All the, uh, you know, it's it's not so much age that gives the experience. It's the time that you put into it. And so that was the 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 thing that I that I, I was actually telling them today. We're looking at film, and because we have almost no time to prepare, I said, look, we played yesterday, and then we played Thursday. We're not doing anything today. You're going to be dead if I do anything. So how much time are you actually working on your craft? Mm-hmm. Right? Watching, learning, and actually trying to better yourself on your own time. Because if you're just trying to get better when you're with me, it's not enough. It's not enough, guys. And I'm not just talking about it's not enough to become a pro. It's not enough to just, just if you want to have a good experience here, you know? Yeah, you, you have you, to be committed to it. You have to be committed to it and you want to enjoy it. Fun isn't kicking a ball around and just messing around with your friends. Not for me. You know, maybe because my dad always taught us, you know, to compete and it's the brothers and we compete for everything, um, li- quite literally everything, that when we have those experiences of trying to figure out, like, yeah, this is going to be fun. This can be fun by competing, by enjoying, yes. by getting on each other, by when you win, putting a little word in his ear and say, all right, come at me again, let's go. Yeah. Let's make it fun. Enjoying the whole process. Yeah, you know, and, and it's not fun just because you win. It's fun because everything about it. Yeah, you enjoy it. Everything. Oh. You enjoy the enjoy the moment that you have and all that stuff culminates. And so they always, they ask me. And so I tell them, I was like, if you want, the secret is make it a career if you want. If you don't, hey man, then let's just enjoy this by working. And if you're done after your senior year and that's your last game, then we had an amazing time. Yeah, enjoy it. We enjoy had it. an amazing time. Because there's, there's a lot of kids out there who, you know, aren't going to play collegiately, you mm-hmm. know, and they aren't yeah. going to play professional. And that high school experience is a really kind of special thing for a lot of people, especially in small towns. There's a lot of pride. There's a lot of success, actually, in Reedley. And it's um, sports is just an incredible thing, you know. But so going into all of those experiences at the high school level, at the pro level, at the PDL level. Now you face this opportunity where it's like, all right, I'm ready to be a pro. Mm-hmm. Well, what's that like? Well, honestly, my first year, my first two weeks there were, it was a whole new like. Hey, big sp- how did you get recruited? Who, how did you, did you gain an agent? Like how so, did you become a pro athlete? So I got this, um, so I, I got a, after my senior, I was uh, I got a, I got in the number. Obviously, I got the number one assist throughout all of D two. So I was number one an assist uh, for I think um, to all D two schools in the entire uh, nation, right? Nation, yes. Mm-hmm. So I think the assistant coach of Pittsburgh, which his name is Dan Visser, he sent me a he sent my coach an email, 
just I, and he just shoots emails to he oh he said I, I asked him once he just sent he said he said he sends them because I mean that's how you get people to come in, and there were just offers and I'm like and he, I him asked me if he wanted to go I'm like yeah I mean I, I'll go, but basically go was, on trial go on trial it was it was a trial I think it landed in December 16th or 17th it was literally the week before uh, Christmas was that next week. And uh, it was expensive. I mean, I didn't have the money to pay for that. I was a barely. I was in senior. I had a I had a baby at the time. Like there was no way I was gonna be able to play. I mean, be able pay to pay it. to go yeah. over there. Luckily, I had this um, this very very close family that I've been working with with uh, one of their daughters, and there I was very fortunate that they gave me the opportunity to to pay for that and send me over there. And that was the first time I've ever left. Um, what was it? If I want to say California, I don't think of, I mean, other than maybe something in the club level, but as an on adult by myself, on my own, went mm -hmm. to Pittsburgh. I land there like at four, four o'clock in the middle cold of downtown, cold as hell, <laughs> downtown. I remember, I still remember my first night there. I got to my apartment. I had over this Uber. I, I went to go eat dinner the night before the, the trial. Um, I don't even know where I was at. I just got an Uber. I went to this. I I, I always eat spaghetti before a big game or something like that. <laughs> right. I get some carbs. Uh -huh. I went to go to some spaghetti shop. Literally, I don't know. I, it was uh it was decent it was a decent decent little spaghetti spot but come out I just I remember looking up I just see the city bunch of like just the the the, the big the, downtown big, the businesses all that yeah. stuff was just feels the, like the a bridges big city. the 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 what's it called river was flowing there and it's mm -hmm. like what am I doing here mm -hmm. it's like oh my, what am I doing kind of felt surreal it felt it felt like in a way like what am I actually doing here like am I <laughs> am I just wasting my time yeah. you know and. Uh, Go back to go back to the Uber, go back home, and I just and I just did what I usually do. I'm like, it's, I talked to myself. I, I had mm -hmm. to talk to myself. I was just in my head the whole time. Mm -hmm. So like, this isn't every day. It's, just, it's the same game. You're in a whole new place, but you're you've played this this game. You've you've beaten people. You've beaten teams playing the same game. Nothing right. changes at this point. And I went into it, and I go, and I, I just go and I kill the whole trial. Like I scored, I think four goals, and wow. the whole time I um, um, I I remember this one play, I uh. It was after this is the last play that sealed the deal. I go and um, this player comes behind me. I go. I see my teammate there. I do this little uh, flick behind him. It was like a one-two, but I flicked it. I spun around. He gave me one-two back. My next touch took me inside the 18, and I just finished with my out to the foot to the left bottom corner and went in. That's the last play. Mm. Took me off, and then uh, had had the meeting with the coach. Said he wanted to sign me. He wanted to sign me right. Already. What'd that feel like? I mean, it was honestly, it hit me literally out of nowhere. I remember still calling Jaime. I'm like, Jaime, they want to sign me. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm like, what do I do from here? I have, I have no experience. I had no agent. I had nothing. I literally went in just see yeah, what happens. Right? I didn't know I was going to get signed. I didn't know anything, right? I thought I was going to come back and just have start a job or something. And uh, luckily, I did graduate with my degree. So I was, I had that as backup. But yeah, I just, I, I still remember everything. I still, it's like, it's like it was yesterday. I remember all this yeah. like it was yesterday. And, and he just... And he just, uh, and then I talked to Jaime, like I said, and I just, um, they, they were very, very good to me. They took me back to my airport. They gave me a ride there. And then from there, just the whole process starting. Mm -hmm. And what was the, the difference? What was the difference being a pro versus being a collegiate athlete or a PDL player? Oh, I think I had, that's, that's, that was one of the biggest lessons I had to learn. I had to learn about the pressure, a whole new coaching style that I've never experienced before. How so? Um, just more of, more, um, Demanding, like you needed to do, you needed to do the same. You needed to do that job, and if you didn't do it right. You were not gonna play, mm. in in that sense. And and um, the first month, the first month, I literally couldn't reckon on myself. I was playing so bad. I was training so bad. I I was even people even told me like I don't even know how to sign this kid. You know, like I I was doing very bad. And I finally just and I didn't have my family there, so I didn't go. I didn't go with my daughter. I went by myself, just alone. And uh, it was a huge learning curve I had to learn. Was that about. a challenge being away from family? I oh mean, yeah. I know I mean, I, from my experience working in pro sports for a while now, especially at, at minor league baseball and then you know the USL level, it's like that can be a really challenging thing for especially a young player who has you know a kid or children and a wife or whatnot to be away from their family mm -hmm. for a long duration of time. Like how how did you cope with that? I mean, the first month I did it. I played it literally so it really got affect me so you were much. homesick I yeah I was big time I mean I've never left my family I've always right. been driving distance or whether I was coming back to, I was gone for a few days but I knew I was always coming back mm -hmm. and from there when I landed I knew I wasn't gonna come back for a whole year so I was like and I still remember my coach talking to me like are you like 
after my first two weeks, he, he noticed like I wasn't even playing like close to the level that I was playing at the trial. At the trial, yeah. She's like, how's everything going? How's your daughter? He started asking me questions. And I just, from there on, I just started getting more comfortable. I started talking to more, because I wasn't talking to any of the players. I mean, I was, I didn't know anybody. I was mm. so nervous. I was so shy. I didn't want to, like, you know? And uh, I just, once I started getting really comfortable with the players, with what the coach wanted to, I started, that, that's when I started picking it up. And it just slowed the ball. Literally, the ball just started rolling. It was like you're a freshman all over again. Yeah, pretty much. And then I just have to just literally grow again. Yeah. From the start, literally how we started my fr my freshman year of college, literally just obviously a whole different level. But sure. I had to literally start from scratch again, learn everything, learn how to play quicker, how to play faster, how to move, all this stuff. Whole new game that I never experienced, like defending wise. I never defended that much. I had to be a defender. I had to win the ball. I never, never tried to win the ball like that my whole life, you know? I was always, yeah, if I win it, I toe-book it or something. But I had to go and physically win the ball to keep it. Because at that point, if you, if you don't defend, you don't see the ball for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right? So that was a big thing that, that I had to learn my first whole year. And I, I mean, thankfully, I had a successful first year. I mean, I learned a lot. I grew a lot. My my first couple of months was a, was a train wreck, but... I got myself, I think I, I got myself to put together again. I put my hat back on and I said, let's do it. Well, and that's, I mean, I think for a lot of people who come from a smaller town or from an area that maybe people don't see as like the yeah. big city or whatever, you know, those those first couple months could be really hard for people, mm -hmm. whether it's going off to college or playing oh, for, for sure. a team or whatever. Um, but living in like a bigger city in completely the opposite side of the country i mean what's the difference between you know the central valley and and pittsburgh well the biggest difference is a bunch of hills over there okay You're just <laughs> driving like this around mountains and stuff like that mm -hmm. here it's all flat whole new different it's a it's a whole new life for me if if it's to be honest it's a i eat different stuff i don't i can never i usually don't find the same foods here the all that stuff so i had it's literally new I what new have you what something new you tried that you actually like those, they're big in Pittsburgh. They're called uh, pierogies, pierogies, oh, okay. pierogies, something uh -huh. like that. Or is, is, I might not even be pierogies. It might be something else. But they have this little, it's a little sandwich-looking thing. In in Spanish, they, they're they're um, they're called. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get the name. I'm gonna move on. But <laughs> the, some very. I, mean, I had no Mexican food over there. No Mexican no. food. Very soft. Very little Mexicans compared to here. That was a huge, a huge big difference, obviously. And um, it's just a, it was just a different life, but honestly, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the life over there. It was a nice life. Mm -hmm. And has the the fans received you pretty well out there, and like so, the supporter club and stuff? Honestly, that's that's been one of the one of the probably the nicest group of people that I've that I've been a part of because they've from the start they treated me like family. They sent me messages even when my family came. They treated them like they treated them like their own. They oh, yeah? fed them. They did everything. They would they would send me they would because uh, I did that podcast before then before they came. I did a little uh, interview with them, and they, I would tell them my family was going to come over. I was like, yeah, bring them over. I will take care of them, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, unless I was told otherwise, they took care of them. And, uh, but, yeah, they were, they were good people. Good yeah. people, for sure. And so both of you guys had uh, a pretty interesting 2020, right? Like, you <clears throat> started the season, mm -hmm. and then COVID hits, like, a month in, right? Home opener was probably scheduled. Did you guys even play the first match? Oh, uh, no. No, we, weren't, we were part of the team that was going to play the next week. Okay. So only a few teams play that first weekend. Yeah, so you guys didn't even start play, mm -hmm. and then what happens? Whew. Basically, we were going to go play basically. Charlotte Independence mm -hmm. that Saturday. We were getting ready that Thursday. We were doing our final our final uh, tactical stuff. Friday, we were going to leave. Um, I think it was a Thursday night or Friday morning they announced as uh, they the announced lockdown. the lockdown of everything. We come into training. We had a meeting with, with our coach. And um, he just goes, we're not going anywhere. And we're like, we're just so confused, you know? I mean, we had an idea what was happening and st stuff like that, but we didn't know how bad it was. None of us knew how bad it was mm. or how bad it was going to get. So then from there, we just, after we trained that day, we still trained that day, and we just said, after this, don't come anymore. So we all stayed in our, he gave us, he gave us a choice to leave. And I honestly, we, I think I was there for maybe for a week, and then we, I left, right? About two weeks you were there, and then finally I told him, well, what are you doing, man? You're just going to sit in your apartment? Yeah, <laughs> and then, um, yeah might as well then, come home. And then, so my, my, my wife, what's called, had a, her, her dad had some issues, some health issues, so we decided let's just come back because we didn't know what was going to happen at that right. time. So we drove 37 hours, drove wow. down, because we were so scared of the of planes, so we drove, took my car and with my daughter, and uh, we drove 37 hours, came here. We were here for about a month and a half, and we were doing, so we were doing Zoom calls and stuff, so... 
with our trainer, he would do like every morning, my, eight o'clock my time, their clock, their time 11, that was horrible for me. I was dreading all the time. <laughs> You're just not that. a morning person. Oh, now I am. But yeah, back yeah. then I wasn't. I mean, even like I became, barely became a morning person. But yeah, we were doing that kind of stuff. I was training with my brothers at that time. So, I mean, it worked out. I was training all the time. I had some people to train with mm -hmm. during the COVID where I, just, I wasn't really branching out that much. Right. So I had my younger brother and Eric and even my dad got into it. We were playing 2v2s because, I mean, we were just trying to stay fit. It's awesome. And um, and so from there, we were we were doing that, literally doing that every single day, every single day, trying to stay fit. And then that's when we got the we finally got the text saying, you guys got to come back. I'm like, dang, we're gonna make that drive again, huh? So this time, luckily, it was only me and my wife that went this time because we don't know. We, we still didn't know we were gonna have a season, right. but they were telling us to come back. So I'm like, oh, we got we're in the country, we gotta go. So I said, um, so we ended up going, did the 37, a 37 hour drive again. Did you guys go do that? I mean, how many days did that take? Did you we, go straight or? I went, we went straight. We, I, uh, you went my, straight. Oh, my, wow. um, so my wife would drive during the day and I would drive in the night. Wow. Just caffeine for days. I just started yeah. pumping caffeine. I drove from like 10 to like 7 in the morning. Man. So we did that. I did that twice. And uh, but we got there a day, a day and a half. Yeah, that's not bad. And I, the thing is, <clears throat> I, didn't, I didn't know the area. I've never been to these states that we're mm -hmm. crossing. So I didn't feel safe. I don't know. I didn't have, like, I didn't, I just didn't feel safe. So I was like, no, we're going to just go Drive through. Drive all the way through. We're going to just, I'll be fine. And then. Um, that's intense. And then from there, <laughs> we started season that like. That two days after we start not season sorry we we did we did they, they allowed us to do like little pod training so we had a, everybody was individually we started like doing um, little individual dribbling stuff some shooting stuff on our own the mm -hmm. first week second week we started picking up with two three players at a time then from the third week to the fourth week started doing shoot then we started the four or five people in a in a group and then from there just we got the green light and we they gave us our games and boom we just started Played going like crazy it was a, games after games sometimes we would play. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, mm. and then again that next weekend, and then again Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, then by week, and then again, boom, boom. What was games after games? The schedule's crazy. I mean, but it's it's impressive to me when I look, you know, from the business side of things, it's crazy challenging for teams to make that work. But you know, you see the UFC, you saw the USL, mm -hmm. um, the NBA. Like these were te these were leagues that were that were pushing through all the challenges that mm -hmm. were happening. I mean, what did what did it kind of feel like to be on the forefront of the people that were pushing, you know, kind of pushing this forward? I mean, for sure, it was a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch of questions like, are we actually going to do this? Like, for us, it was, now it was became were more of a team. Were you scared at all? It wasn't more about, I was just more scared for my family than me. I think I was just like, I'm not trying to just, like, we, ha we have no plan. Like, I, I just, we weren't sure what was, the players didn't really know what was happening. I felt like we were just getting pushed and then we'll see, but... We, be, we, we started talking and like, do we really want to do this? And we said, yeah, they're going to do it. And so we ended up just following through. And, uh, but it was, it was just, it was just so weird because you just don't, you just don't know. At that time, coronavirus was, was still uh, a, ba really a, dangerous. a very dangerous thing that right. people were dying from. So at that time we were, all of us were, were super scared. Mm -hmm. It's not at the time. It's not like we're at now. So like, but we, we, we got tested and we played once once if we played just once that week we only got tested once that monday but if we played a team twice we had to get tested the game before and then that literally that next day we had to come in and get just to get tested, tested yeah. and then go back home again but we would have to do it twice and we were doing that for about what three months yeah because it was a like college season mm -hmm. it was like a college season mm -hmm. we did that three and a half months but tv was... ratings for usl like shot through the roof of any of the previous seasons obviously because everyone's at home no one's got anything to do. Mm -hmm. There's not many other sports going on. So, I mean, USL had a pretty big oh, yeah. platform, and a you guys got to be seen nationwide by so a lot of people. It was crazy. Our first game was on ESPN Deportes. Mm. It was um, it was a, it was against Louisville. The, the first time they were doing their sta their their um, the they and pretty much showing everybody their stadium. It was the first game that they right. ever Lynn played. Family Stadium, it incredible. Was, I think, and they still allowed like half of it. So I think five thousand people were still there. Oh wow. So I was like, you're playing, it was, I felt like a, a USL game, like, yeah. it was our first game, I was like, oh damn, then I started that Actually game, I scored a goal that game, I was, mm. it was honestly the most, done, one of the best moments of my life that time right now, mm -hmm. as of now, it was, it was unbelievable, because I didn't know, That's I, was, an I didn't know I was ready, level stadium. that too, and I just didn't know I was ready to start yet, and I didn't know if I was going to be ready, I was nervous and stuff like that, and then played well, I scored a goal, and it was just, it was a crazy experience. And you made it through it, uh, did you get COVID? I never got COVID. You never got COVID, did anybody on the team get COVID? 
Nope, not until the season was done. We got lucky. No one got really? COVID. Nobody. Yeah. So you guys never had, you never had to miss any games never or had anything scared, like that? Nothing like that. So we were we were pretty good. We never lost a player because of it. Mm -hmm. Until after, after every, obviously, everybody, after everybody started going went home. And everybody went home and stuff like that. But, yeah, it was a lot of games in a short amount of time. Yeah. So now you're you're in the middle of the off season. The off season's basically over. You're heading back. We're kind of sure the of the dates that are going to mm -hmm. happen this year for for USL. I mean, what what's this year looking like with Pittsburgh? Well, I mean, I think um, <clears throat> well, I had, I stayed there an extra two months mm. because of my daughter. She started school there, so I stayed there until the end of November, I believe, maybe beginning of December, and I came back. But by that time, we already knew we already already had we already had meetings and talks with our coaches. We knew that we were going to start the regular start date. So we knew that it was going to get pushed back another a month and a half or two months maybe when we had to report back. So I had I left earlier than I expected. We had to leave <clears throat> our apartment. They didn't want to deal with the apartment still and all that stuff. So we just, we just I said, and Kennedy, my daughter wasn't in school at the time. So I was like, oh, let's just go home. Probably better to, if things do get worse, we're at least we're family and we're with people that we care about and sure. people take care of us if something happens. So we ended up coming back. But I mean, it flew by. Soft season flew by again. I mean, it's tough when you don't see your family that long. You just want to be with them. You're training all the time. You have stuff going. I have stuff going on here and there. Sure. So I just it, it, you have. I had a really good time. I had a good time this year. But I think I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm ready? at a. I think I'm at a place where I've had two years now mm -hmm. of experience. I know. Do you, do you have like so leading into your third season? Do you are you setting numbers goals for you? I mean, what what are things that you want to accomplish as a pro in your third season? You're get you're becoming a veteran. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now. I think. Um, I'm going is I I want to play most games now. I think I think now I think I numbers come. I think for me I've always I've always said I mean I have numbers that I want to hit and stuff that I want to do. But for me I think it's now I want to just start consistently. I think this is my this is my goal now for this next season to start consistently, be be uh, consistent throughout the season and I'll have this kind of season like I did my freshman year, mm. my freshman year, my freshman uh, rookie season. And um, from there, and I think that's that's been the mindset of, of I've worked, I've been working, I've been training, and um, now I'm just relaxing. Now I'm enjoying my time, enjoying the last few days I have with my family, and just yeah. knowing that I want to for sure get more than at least ten goals, ten assists, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think that'd I, be great. I think I have. Uh, think I think my I think my um, my last two years have have showed those glimpses and I think I've and you've made proven. progress and I've and that's the thing and I've made progress this year is and it's gonna be it's gonna be hopefully something prove nice. it here hopefully prove that's the year. goal that's the goal and Eric for you I mean 2020 was nuts obviously being a teacher being a high school coach being involved with you know youth and youth sports I mean how have you been able to survive through this as a, as a coach and stay connected to your players? And, and now that you guys are coming back, it's like, what, what's the goals that you guys have for this year and moving forward? It's, it's Reedley High School yeah, Pirates. Yeah. Yeah. Reedley. Um, we've been, it's been tough the, this, this entire time. I mean, it's been fortunate that I, I got to spend a lot of time with my kids. They're really young. So that year was, I realized how much, time I was spending away from home, coaching, spending time with other people's kids, which I love, but realizing that I have kids at home and then making use of the time that I have with my players now with these these kids that that spend so much time off and now I have the opportunity to work with them and under all these regulations and rules and this everything that comes with it, um, it it's still it's still so much fun. It's still one of those experiences that I know that they're trying to make the best out of it, right? Just win, lose, all that kind of stuff kind of you you starts going down the totem pole of importance because you realize all this stuff is having the kids together, having them enjoy this experience is is extremely important. Maybe this comes because because now I have kids and I realize my role as a coach is different than, oh, I just got to win um, when I was like 20, 21 years old. Now that I'm 27, I realize, well, maybe that's not as important as I used to think it was. And know, that's, not, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a huge point that you make because I think a lot of people forget about that part. And it's like, you know, I, I haven't been blessed with children just yet. I really look forward to it. But it's like, I'm sure once you become a parent and you realize you're dealing with other other people's children, like that's that's their everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and that 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 jewel, that 
prize is in your hands to to take care of and mentor and develop i mean how has being a being a parent changed you as a coach it's changed everything i think you know we i think some of the things when we we wanted a few years ago i I was like it's one of those moments when you're like and you see this in movies i made it we won and then you realize you never make it it's always about the process of becoming better and better and i've you know i've been coaching for 10 years almost i felt like i've just learned to coach since after the birth of my son after we won mm-hmm. the title because then i started thinking about all the things that i didn't do as a coach that all the things that i've learned from other people uh profe jaime in particular that have nothing to do with soccer and everything to do with life and that's why they have everything to do with soccer if that makes sense it's 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 the idea that you know focusing so much on you 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 have to work hard and you have to play like this and you have to do this and you have to do this it doesn't matter if you don't not able to connect with with the kids that you work with if you're not able to really make them see that you care um which not saying that i didn't do that before but i wasn't intentional about it it was it was i just want to i want to win a valley title i want to win as a player and i want to win as a coach and there was don't get me wrong. I, I have great relationships with all those players um, that that were under us, you know, because we wanted as players together and we wanted as coaches together, mm-hmm. and and so that was that's really fun. But I really felt like I've just learned the process of coaching over the last two years since after my son was born. The the priorities in life, like yeah. you mentioned, is, yeah, is, and is, so it's, it's like completely different. So more than especially being a youth coach, I mean, do you take a lot of time really thinking about how am I making an impact on this kid's life and like what can I do to help him get to whatever level that that individual wants to get to I mean how, how does that work with you yeah because working with high school kids in, in spe- specifically because it's not club it's high school soccer you have kids who have you know I have a few kids who have a range of experiences of traveling and playing all kinds of places and which that was us and then we have a ton of kids who played in the streets, played in the parks all their life, skillful kids, they love soccer, um, but they don't have many experiences about with with life and with the game. They've kind of just grown up there. Um, and one of the challenges is you get some really talented kids that either have, they, they just, they, they, they've never been anywhere, so they don't understand that there's opportunities, you know? They, they don't, ah, school, whatever, just work in the fields. I'm like, no. Like, no, use what the gift that you have to get you somewhere else. Use this gift that you have that you're so good at, you know, use it, use it to, to, to propel you forward. Use it as your motivation to go to school. You, and I'm not saying every kid has to go to school. I'm, I've also started to, you know, change that idea about, you know, that there's other options, but the realization that trying to get into those kids and that this is, the opportunities, the, the same lessons that you're learning when we, you know, whether it's the diligence that you put into the work ethic, the, the work that we do here in practice, all this stuff, you know, soccer is a metaphor for life. Life is a metaphor for soccer. I use that one all the time. Yeah. I and I mean, like. you guys come from a community where there's a lot of people that um, are attached to the agriculture industry. You know, a lot of migrant families that, that work really, really hard and mm-hmm. like parents who have taken the risk to move to a completely different country in a language that you may not even speak um, to try to give a better life to their children. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure you guys have that in your own family possibly and obviously deal with a lot of kids that are in that. I mean, this kind of next generation of, of young Americans, I mean, how how are you able to utilize soccer to help you know, really catapult them into different things because a lot of them may choose to work in agriculture as well, or in the packing house or in the fields. But I think a lot of them have the ability to do things like you guys, be professional athletes, be college educated, be teachers, be all of these things. I mean, how are you using your platform as a coach to, to make a difference in those lives? Yeah, I, th- I think it's connecting in the idea that we've worked in the fields ourselves. We've done that job. We, It's hard. Mm-hmm. It is it is grueling. I, I hated every minute of it. <laughs> you finish one row of trees, 
there's another one. You finish that one. <laughs> they don't stop. There's another yeah, one. And stop. we're trying to like we finish this road, we get to go home and the guys are chilling. We're like, no, they they know the game. We were these, you know, these young kids trying to get home because we wanted to have to work in nine hours. We wanted to go home and you know, we were still gonna go train because we were prepping for our season with FPU. You know? So it's like one is connecting. Connecting, letting them know, I see you, I understand you. I know where you come from. My dad our dad came to this country when he was seventeen on his own. I was thinking about that story on the drive over here, um, driving through. He left everything. And so so many stories like that, so many things that that we can provide an opportunity that through an example, you know, we were there, we've done this, you can do it too, you know? And and that's that that part of it that is at times really difficult to do, but it's so rewarding when you when it when it happens. And yeah. it, and it's it's tough when my wife gets on me because he, kids some of these kids aren't gonna I was like, I know, I know, but it's I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't help texting them. Yeah, how you doing? Mm-hmm. How's everything going? Checking on. Yeah, they're already graduated. Hey man, hopefully everything's well. Mm-hmm. You saw this, you know, sent, you know coaching. Coaching is the one thing that's a little weird. It doesn't end when they finish school. Yeah, yeah. It's like it I doesn't. still talk to some of my coaches to this day. Yeah, mm-hmm. and their mentors. And I mean, the the story that you tell about, like you guys have done it, and you can do it too. I mean, kind of wrapping this all up, it's like there aren't a ton of professional athletes that are out of this area, or maybe even out of Reedley. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're one of them. And I know sometimes because I've, I've, you know, been associated with the league, you know, you feel like, man, I, I don't get paid enough. My housing's not nice. This is difficult. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's like, man, there's a lot of kids out there with a dream of being a professional athlete. And you look around in soccer and you've got the, you know, the Villain Bujevs, yourself, Christian Chaney, um, Elijah Martin, right? There's a, there's, and there's a bunch of other ones that I'm not naming too, but there's guys that are playing professional sports right now. Um, that all the kids look up to. I mean, what what's kind of your message to them um, in, in their pursuit of their dreams? Oh, I think it's it's the it's like we, what we've been saying. It's it's a, it's a mentality. It's what 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 kind of what kind of what kind of mental what mentality do you want to have when you when you go and train? Is are you gonna just go and kick the ball, pass the ball around with your friends and just laugh, or are you gonna put some work in that's gonna actually get you better? And improve you, whether that's getting you fitter, whether that's working on your touch, you're doing some things on the cone with some cones. Like you can, I've I've literally trained with cones in my, the whole time. I've never used any crazy stuff. I've never bought any stuff. I've never had anything. I've literally had a ball, my brothers, and some cones, and that's it. Shoes, man. Shoes need, and some soccer shoes. That's <laughs> it. Sorry. No, no, no. We've lined shoes up oh, because yeah, we, we didn't have cones when we yeah. we didn't have stuff. We've, man. we've used whatever. My, I mean, the, the thing is, that my parents have sacrificed. My mom, my dad, we've sacri- They've sacrificed so much to. To, to get where we're at now. This is the life they wanted us to live, and I'm, and it's just more of getting to that perspective of where you want to be when, whether you want to be, a, you don't have to be a professional soccer player. It can lead you to go and get a college scholarship so you can go and do whatever you want to do, whether you want to study in business, where you want to go do anything else when, when, that you can graduate with. Let this be the guide to take you there and to let this be the the reason why you were able to do this, right? There's, no one's gonna, you don't have to be professional. If that's not for you, that's not for you, right? It's not for everybody. But at least if you're good at something, put some work in and you can you can go and start a life for you and you can make a family, you can a whole new thing. It can be, can be a whole new life than you maybe, than what you would have done if you just stayed back in your town and just just let time go, let time go right? It's a whole different life. It's a whole mentality thing. That's what I'm saying. You gotta put yourself in, in the position of, Okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to accomplish? It's it's that's what I had to do. <clears throat> I had to go from I know where I'm at. I know where I want to go. It's gonna take a lot of hard work. It's gonna take a lot of sacrifices. A lot of sacrifice. A lot of sacrifices. You're not gonna be able to see no friends. Sometimes you're gonna have, right. Sometimes you're gonna have to sacrifice those things. Not going to the movies. Not going and eating. Staying up two o'clock in the morning with your friends. Sometimes all those stuff, all those sacrifices are gonna or it's gonna be worth it. And for the player that is in high school now, is in college now, that does want to go pro. It's about how much time and work you're putting into your craft. I think for me, it's more, it's a, it's a more mental thing than anything else. Because you need to be willing to learn. You need to be open-minded, you need to be humble, you need to be all those things. Not You can't just be a good player. Just because you're good with your feet doesn't mean you're gonna be a good player, right? It doesn't mean you're gonna go pro. It's about how, how quick can you learn. 
how much can you be told and then you can go and change it and not and not feel attacked like oh this coach doesn't like me mm. sometimes it's not about that some people get into get in that that mental that mental kind of thinking that oh just because i'm just because he says i'm, I'm not good at this he thinks i'm not good and that's and that's a lot of people's issues it's more you have to take criticism being able to be coachable. you have to be coachable mm. and if that's one thing that i had to learn that i wasn't that when I started this journey of, okay, I really, this is what I want to do, and I'm gonna do everything that I can to do this. And if I don't, at least I tried. But I did everything, whether it was eating, whether it was in the gym, whether it was training. I would literally train by myself sometimes. I would literally have to call my brother sometimes. He was, he wasn't, I don't even, he might have been in school, and I think it was my freshman year, sophomore, my freshman year, my spring season. I would text him, you wanna go and just help me out, just go. And I, he would go a couple of times, he wouldn't go all the time, but he would go a couple of times, help me do some stuff. And it's just those things. Is, is doing it you have to do the work you can't just think you can't sit and think you can't sit and just hope it's gonna happen you gotta go and mix put some work into it whether it's playing soccer or anything in life you just can't sit and oh yeah i want to go i want to go and um, be a teacher yeah i'm just gonna sit i'm just not gonna do anything yeah and you just, gotta put the work in you gotta go and you gotta go and study you gotta do all that stuff and for me that's literally the the most important part is is your mentality mm-hmm well, look, I mean, I think the Fuego are proud to call you one of our own. I mean, we're super proud of you. I think everybody in the Valley is rooting for you and want to sure. see you kill it at Pittsburgh. And, sure. and hopefully even even more than that, we're always your biggest fan. And you know, you know, this is always home and you're always welcome here. And thank you guys both for being on the podcast with us. Of course. Um, you're always family. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. See you guys.